I could, I could try to affect a sort of a South African accent. <laughs> that was terrible. <laughs> yes, I can concur. That was terrible. Yeah, damn. I can only do like six words in in South African English. Oh, by the way, South Africa, lazy name for a country. Hi. Good evening, Ashley. Hi, Jay. What's that happening? Oh, uh, not not too much, I guess. Uh, other than, hey, I started at a contract position. Yay, work, I employment. Know. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that is pretty nice. I started on, uh, well, two days ago. Yeah. Yep. So, it's a... Uh, it's a two-month gig, and you know, it'd be nice if it feels longer. But hey, two months is a start. So, yeah, and maybe it'll get extended. But you know, I'll I'll take what it I'll take it. So, so Ashley, I've encountered uh, with your help a video meme list of questions motif encouragement community happy time uh, project. Yeah, that's the word I was looking yep. for. That I thought we could. Uh, jump into the deep end uh, of yeah sure tell me a little bit about the person who created this so her name is jen and she lives in chicago and mm. she's a trans woman about my age roughly so 30 ish something around and uh yeah she thought hey why don't i create these list of questions and we can film other trans people and put them together and show who trans people are Okay, yeah. cool. Yep. You ready to start? Uh, sure, we can start, yeah. All right. Number one, what's your name? My name is Ashley. Awesome. Hi. Number two, who has been uh, most supportive of your transition? Uh, I imagine this could be more than one person. Yeah, it's could be more than one. I mean, it's probably just my very closest friends here in Dallas. I mean, I've been very lucky that they've all been just really supportive. I mean, people, friends of mine take me out shopping for clothes or mm. friends of mine take me to the makeup counter at the Macy's to get some goodies and such or just people offering advice and such so sure. yeah it's been it's been really great okay yeah what do you enjoy most about life since beginning your transition I guess I guess what I enjoy the most is just the normalcy of it that it just feels like I'm not wearing a costume i'm not putting things on as it were i'm just being me it's, it's so it's like there's a, a weight off my shoulders mm, i guess okay does that make does that make any sense it makes sense to me um i think okay. the question is more around uh, activities or things that you can actually do now that you couldn't do before oh okay less than how you feel about things i guess there aren't many activities that really come to mind mm. I mean, I already enjoyed baking and stuff even before I came out. Well, you mentioned shopping earlier. Is that shopping in a different part of the store? Is that, that happy? That's actually true. Shopping is, I mean, shopping in the in the right part of the store is nice, but also just the variety of stuff you can get when shopping. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, like, like colors, for instance, that you can buy a top in maybe salmon or coral or fuchsia or... or uh, orchid or you know any mm -hmm. tons of colors but guys just don't have a lot of color options i'm yeah. just off the top of my head yeah 
Um, are there things that you're still looking forward to being able to do? Well, I guess once I have SRS, I look forward to going to the gym and using the locker rooms. Ah. And being able to, I should say. Okay. Because right now I just change at home because I can't really use either gender's locker room at the mm. moment. Is that because of the gym's rules or is that a self-imposed rule? Uh, well, it's it's a self-imposed rule, I guess, that I my body is physically in a state where it, it's, if I'm not wearing any clothes especially, it has a little of column A, a little of column B. And yeah. so I, I, I think I, I would be concerned I, I could make uh, people of either gender or any gender uh, mm. perhaps uncomfortable. Oh, okay. So Here's a, yeah. a, a question that I never thought of asking. Who are your trans role models? Uh, who have you looked up to in the trans community? Who inspires you? A lot of the trans women just in Dallas that I've met that... People in your support group? Yeah, like my support group or, or yeah, that kind of thing. You meet, people are, that, you, are you meeting other trans women outside of your support group? And how does that happen? Uh, well, I've met some trans women um, what, through the support group who then they had friends who are outside the support group. Oh, okay. For instance. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. What, what, what is it about them that uh, inspires you or makes you happy? Well, Texas is a pretty red state. And so it's not easy to be trans for a lot of people. I mean, it so happens that Dallas itself is kind of bluish, mm -hmm. maybe not as blue as Austin, but um, but outside of Dallas, like into Fort Worth and other areas, I mean, it it takes a lot uh, a lot to be who you are, mm -hmm. I guess. Yeah, so that, that is kind of inspiring. Tell me about some of the trans men you've encountered, and do you have similar uh, admiration for that situation? I actually, I haven't encountered trans men in real life. That you know of. You're right, of course. Yes, that I know <laughs> of, yes. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I've, I've uh, encountered some on Twitter and so on, and it seems like the trans men community, at least online, in some sense seems, uh, I don't know, more tightly knit or... Hmm. So on. There seems to be more of a sense of community among trans men online. Than trans why? Men. Why? I said I, I, I wonder why. I'm not oh, forcing yeah. you to answer. Yeah, I don't know. And that's not to imply that there isn't a sense of community among trans women. I mean, because yeah. it certainly is, but it just seems to be that little extra bit among trans men. But yeah, I would like to meet a trans man. I think that could be really interesting. You would like to meet a trans man? Yeah, just chat with him and see how his transition compares to mine. I think it would be kind of interesting just to ask him about how he went about his transition and coming out to himself and just to see how that fits in with, you know, my whole situation. Mm. Yeah. What changes would you like to see most in the world? Well, I mean, in some sense, I'd like to see just trans people accepted as just regular everyday people that, I mean, we are, but... What in which situations are you talking about? Because um, as we've mentioned, you know, a lot of the time, you pass somebody on the street, and you could never know if they were born the same sex as they're That's presenting true. with yeah. now. So, 
but for instance, the the so-called uh, the the restrooms issue or whatever. I mean that that shouldn't even be a thing. Mm -hmm. That people should just uh, companies should, as a matter of course, accommodate their employees and 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 occasionally, every now and then, you do hear about trans people being bullied or mm. assaulted, and so yeah, it'd be. Be nice if, if if we could just be more part of the gang or sure. Uh, um, okay, now here's the kicker. What are you doing to make those changes happen? I think one of the things is just being me. That I'm full time and I'm trans and I do things every other regular person does. I go to the mall and, and buy clothes or I go to the library or I go to work or get my car washed and in, in some sense if I'm passing people might not realize I'm trans at all but if if I'm not say or what have you people may help get a sense of hey she's just like anyone else so I guess that's that's sort of part of it uh well, and I guess NJ and, and making the show with you, you know, helping to just convey the idea that, hey, we're just regular folks and, you know, just trying to make our lot in life or whatever. One of the things that makes me particularly happy is that, you know, we've been doing this documentary thing for months and it's got thousands of views, you know, on the site and Vimeo and yeah. YouTube, but not a single abusive comment has shown up. Yeah. Not uh, not even that I had to delete or moderate. Like, they just haven't happened. Right. And I... Wow. It's not what I expected. So that's great. Yeah. And, and I think... I think on one hand, it just sort of shows the humanity of people that most people are decent people. Mm -hmm. And I guess also that... Uh, I mean, it's, it's one thing if a bigot is... Comes across a trans person on the street or at the store or whatever that maybe that would uh, make them fly into whatever abuse or whatever. But ordinary online bigots are probably just, I don't know, watching videos of cats or I don't know, whatever bigots do. Right. And not really searching out, hey, let's find some blog documentaries about transgender yeah. people. So I mean, maybe if they just happened upon it, they'd put some yucky comments but Maybe. but like you though i'm pleased that they haven't do you think part of it might be because of the matter of fact way in which we present this sort of stuff like we're very low-key and we're not over the top or i guess flamboyant about it um oh maybe i mean in the sense that i'm just i'm just another woman i mean i'm not you're not showing off in any way well, and, and in in a sense, I mean, I'm not a drag queen, yeah, which yeah, is yeah. self-evident, but I don't have enormous orange hair or, <laughs> you know, a, a fully sequined dress or mm. what have you. And there's nothing wrong with those things. But, yeah, I'm just thinking out loud. Yeah, but I just, I'm kind of just wearing, you know, my purple top and, yeah, yeah so. The last yeah. one, I'm just going to read the whole paragraph. Uh, okay. Tell Tell us something, anything, special and unique about you. Your interests, your story. Never forget, gender is just one part of the larger project of becoming a fully authentic human being. 
Okay, well, I guess, I mean, this will kind of be old news to people who've watched some of our other episodes, but I, I, as it turns out, am quite a fan of nail polish. <laughs> We've covered it, you know, yeah, you are. every now and then on the show. Every now and then. Yeah. But I mean, so for example, I I think, well, I've, I've bought more since I last counted. But when I did last my count, it was, I think, 105 polishes. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but it's super fun. So I, I, I paint my nails every week typically, and and my nails are never not painted. So it makes me happy. Yeah. Groovy. Well, thanks yeah. for playing along, and we will send this to Jen right away. Yeah, awesome. Hi, Jen. Uh, so speaking of your new job, um, yeah. tell me about your coworkers and how they're dealing with stuff. I, last time, I, well, I'm not sure that we ever talked about this particular position and, and you applying for it. So did you have to lampshade things the same way? Well, in this case, I actually knew a lot of people that already worked at this particular company. Okay. Um, you didn't have to go through a hiring manager or... Right, right. Lots of HR forms. Okay. So essentially, just my own experience with them was my resumes, where it's like, oh, Ashley's done good work for us in the past, and we have some web stuff that someone needs to do, so let's okay. bring in Ashley for that. So yeah. that part was quite nice. And uh, so that has made things easier as well, since many of them have been in the loop on my transition and so on. So uh, Just because they're part of the local industry? Yeah, part of the local industry and just people that I've worked with in the past and have kept in touch with. Okay. So, yeah. Were any of these people on one of your mass mailings back in the day? Yes. Okay. Yeah, several of these people were. Probably, I don't know, 10 of them? Wow. All right. Maybe, but yeah, give or take. So, so yeah, many of them are just totally in the loop on this. It, it so happens that... The project that I'm on, though, has... I'm, I'm primarily working with two other people, and it, I hadn't worked with either of them so far. So one advantage, in a sense, is that they don't have to really try that hard to get my name right. On the other hand, though, I'm not sure if they grasp my pronouns. The two people that you're working closely with? Right, yeah. Hmm. That, say we're in a meeting, like the three of us, and so occasionally one of them might refer to me. And so they would say, Ashley, in a sentence, more than once rather than pronouns, it seems. Okay. So part of what I'm not sure about is, are they uncertain of which pronouns would be the right ones for me? Or, like I was thinking about what you were saying in the time after I came out to you, that you sometimes would focus on using my first name rather than pronouns because you were more confident in, in getting that one. Yeah, and that lasted, I don't know, maybe a couple months. Okay. But that's okay. after having known you for nine years. Um, well, yeah, you know, that's the thing. Right. You're introduced people... to me as Ashley off the bat. Right. Yeah. Does it make for awkward sounding sentences? I mean, they're certainly understandable and... It's to the extent where they're not they're not obviously uh, mashed up or mangled sentences. It's the kind of thing where it seems like they're avoiding pronouns, but the sentences are sort of plausible in the sense that maybe 
they just came out of their mouths that way. Yeah. Yeah. I guess if you've only been there for two days, you don't have a lot of examples to compare it to. Right. But what I'm trying to figure out, though, is would it be rude of me to say something like, hey, I would prefer female pronouns because I don't want them to say, oh, I know that or... If it were me in your place, I might uh, have like a one-on-one -on -one conversation and yeah. be, I don't know if self-deprecating is the right word to use here, but self-aware about it and say, hey, I know this might be odd for you. So just in case you were uh, having questions about it, I certainly would be happy if you use she and her uh, around me. Yeah, that sounds pretty reasonable. Mm. You're good with words, Jay. I like to think so. Yeah. In general, if you're worried about seeming confrontational, I always tend toward making it making it plausible from the other person's perspective that it's my fault to begin with. Oh, sure, sure, yeah, yeah, mm. right, yes. No, I, I like that strategy. Yeah. Okay. Probably what I'll do is just give it a few more days and mm -hmm. just to see, because like you said, it's a sort of a small sample size, and maybe they just haven't been enough sentences in which pronouns would be necessary. So. Mm. Uh, I saw you tweeting something about a postcard. What was going on? Yeah, so so my parents are uh, in South Africa where they grew up and they're uh, visiting family and doing some sightseeing and so on. And so they sent me a postcard. I mean, my, my parents are good people and I normally like receiving postcards just from anyone because sure. it sort of brings back a, a feeling of simpler times, whimsy, because... You know, people don't often send postcards, I guess. Yeah, I certainly so, don't. It's always something where I, if I reach into the mailbox and I receive this, it's like, oh, postcard, nifty. But it so happens that they addressed it to my birth name. They do that. Yeah. And I just, when I when I saw that, I just, I, I just almost just tossed it in the rubbish. Just. Ooh. Because it, it, it took the wind out of my sails. Just, mm -hmm. It's like, ooh, postcard, and then, uh... And I still can't bring myself to read it. I mean, I don't know what it says. I'm trying to figure out... When do I... When do I say something about this? I mean, I've already, of course, asked them to call me Ashley, and they've refused, but... You've said something. Yeah, but when do I, when do I bring it up again? What have you heard from other people when they talk about dealing with their parents? Other trans people. Right. So I, I believe I've seen some replies falling back and forth about people with similar issues. And some right. of them have been dealing with it for less long than you, and some of them have been dealing with it for far yeah. longer. At some point, I've encountered things like some people have supportive parents, which is great. There are some cases where one parent is supportive, but the other one isn't as much. Oh. And that one's actually... I guess a step up from my situation, just since that way you have two people sort of nudging this person along. It's better in one way and worse in another because yeah. then you realize that your parents are having a conflict between themselves about you. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I guess I haven't come across that many other trans women in this specific type of scenario. I mean... Really? Well, there's one uh, trans woman who had already gone through transition and her family wasn't supportive at first. And 
years later, had become supportive. But her transition was, well, was in the early 2000s, I think. Oh, you mean you don't know how many years it's been? Or or she doesn't, yeah. Oh, uh, okay. So, I mean, because part of me wants to say to them over the phone at some point, I, I feel hurt when you call me by my birth name. But I, I, I know that it, it's something that I don't have a, an opportunity to do all the time. That I'm sure if supposing I did told them that every week, that would probably be grading. And it, or more or more pertinently, it would probably be not convincing because they would just become irked. So if I if I ask them that too soon, then does that mean I've wasted a shot and I need to wait, like, I don't know, two or three more months before I bug them again about it? Do you know of any other situations, as long as you've known your parents, where it took them a while to accept something? I don't necessarily mean something that you had to change their minds about, just something that was something they thought was true for a while and then eventually they changed their minds. I mean, that's a good tactic, but I'm kind of drawing a blank right now. Mm, okay. I'm pretty sure it all depends on just what kind of people they are, you know? Obviously, your dad's not convinced by facts. Which is, yeah, that's, yeah. A little while ago, we were talking over Twitter, and you were asking whether there were any numbers about how many men enjoyed baking. Yeah. And I didn't know where you were coming from at first, but eventually figured out that uh, you were hoping to use it as a tactic with your mother yeah like well I've always enjoyed baking since I grew up so maybe that helps you understand that no I really am a woman right I mean have you, have you actually gone through with using that I haven't done that yet I mean in part my my parents have been on vacation this whole month I mean they're retired so they mm. I guess can do such things but and as well I kind of tuck it in my back pocket for the when the time is right for that, and it because what what it what it's really a counter example to is that my mom cites the fallacy that oh you like autocross and so therefore you must be a guy, which is not the case because of course not only can anyone autocross but at the autocrossing group I go to there are some women who autocross. Yeah. I don't think there's anything inherently male about driving. Right, yeah. I mean, there happens to be probably more men than women, but there are women. And at the same time, the fact that I love baking doesn't inherently make me uh, less manly. But it, I, I wonder if, if she cites the example about autocross, I can mention the baking thing just as kind of a counterexample of, hey, here's something that perhaps statistically more women like to do, but at the same time, it doesn't uh, conclusively determine someone's gender. Does that? What else might be in your mom's quiver along with autocross, do you think? I might the, suggest on her behalf the 7.2 stereo system with... My bachelorette pad, as it were. <laughs> right. Why don't you tell the audience just a little bit about the specs there? I don't want to be immodest or the like, but... 
I don't, and I don't mean to pimp you out either. Uh, you like certain things and you do them properly and you save up money for a long time and you sacrifice and then psh, flash, pash, everything is awesome. Right? I hope that soon describes my whole, like, neck down sequence. But anyway. Oh. Indeed, in my living room I have a projector and a, a screen and uh, sort of movie-style seating. That's something I enjoy quite a, a great deal. Yeah. My point being that it's statistically probably something that a dude would have. It could be. Um, yeah, I mean, you you used up most of most of half of your condo uh, for that. And I would think just, just picking the average American woman, uh, she would use that space for something else. Possibly. And incidentally, you, you say used up as if I wasted it, but... No, not at all. Okay, all right. Just I, sure. always, I always felt very blessed to come over and watch movies there. Off the top of my head, those are probably the only... The, the two most dude-like things about you. I mean, and my mom sort of cites these vagaries about... Oh, you've always dressed like a guy and... Well, <laughs> Which... <laughs> not yeah, to be insensitive, but whose fault is that? <laughs> well, exactly. Exactly. I suppose from her perspective, if I had cross-dressed in the past, maybe that's would be less of a I see surprise for her. Although well, we I, talked about when you were a child, you would you know have playtime with stockings and and whatnot. Yeah, but I didn't. She didn't know about that. Right. Yeah. Mm. Well, so do you have an idea in your head of how long you're willing to wait, or how? How often would be too often when saying, you know, this is, it really makes me uncomfortable when you use that name? My good feeling is like within a month or two, maybe to say something. Hmm. And what one of my therapists mentioned is that if things don't go well on the phone or if I'm not able to get through them, I could try writing them a letter. Hmm. And that's something that I'm pondering as well, just since... Maybe they stop listening if I'm talking over the phone or if maybe they interrupt me or whatever. But hmm. of course. Yeah, people have different communication styles. I would find it easier to ignore something on paper than somebody talking into my ear. I mean, and I guess part of it as well with just if I were to write a letter that it would ensure that both my parents would get that. Or, well, actually, it wouldn't ensure that. No, <laughs> unfortunately not. <laughs> God damn it. Yeah. Do they have separate email addresses? Yes, yeah. Okay. But emailing them is probably not as frequent as talking to them over the phone. Because hmm. emailing is, I mean, I might email them a recipe or, what's well, it not just email them to email them, but usually it's plus or minus, I don't know, five, six days until I would talk to them again. Sure. So, I mean, the other thing, though, that I've been thinking about is that my birthday is in July. Hmm. You were talking to us earlier about how you were thinking that would be a good time to formally change your name yeah well not necessarily right around my birthday but sort of that june july august time frame but just as far as actual birthday stuff that i was thinking the other day just kind of along the lines of this this postcard and how that felt that if my parents send me gifts to my birthday addressed to my birth name mm-hmm that would just, it'd be really, I don't know, bittersweet, that's not the right word, but 
it, I feel really torn about that. Cause I I appreciate gifts and such, but how do they how do they normally decide what to get you for your birthday? I I typically have like a wish list online, like on Amazon. Uh, on Amazon or just on my local blog, that kind of thing. I was thinking if they're in the habit of searching your name on Amazon and finding your wish list that way, assuming they don't have it bookmarked. Right. Yeah. If they were to search it for with your birth name and not find it, that might mm. be something. Yeah, that could be something. Mm. Yeah. Well, keep us updated with what you decide to do and what happens as a result. Yeah. And in the meantime, if you'd like to teach me something ladylike, I've got a few extra minutes. Yeah, sure. So, okay. Nails. Not a, not a thieves job. Bluish, greenish, gray. Yeah. Yeah, these are sort of, you might say they're sort of tealish colors. Sure. Yeah. So actually, it was uh, my friend Connie's birthday over the weekend. We out mm -hmm. to dinner on Saturday. And I knew I'd be wearing a teal top, so I picked this color so that it would work well with it. Okay. And admittedly, my top was a lighter color than this, but it nonetheless matched up pretty well, I thought. Okay. Yeah. Is that a common thing, matching your nails with some other article of clothing? Or do you try yeah. to use complementary colors more? I mean, it can go either way. If you if you match them up, it can look quite put together if you're mm. doing it right. But it's something that naturally, if it's for a single outfit, it's something that it has to be generally a pretty nice occasion or something because... Sure your nails would last to the next day and the next day, and you'd be wearing different outfits by then. So, Do people ever paint their nails to match their eyes? Does that help make your eyes pop in the same way that a similar colored shirt might? You know, I don't know. Mm. I mean, I have plenty of green polishes, but uh -huh. I haven't tried that. I could say, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But anyway... Sure people have blogged about it if it's true. Yeah. But do you want to guess what the name of this color is? Oh, gosh. Um... Until next time. You know, I would I would bet dollars if there's a, a polish called that, but that sure. this one is, is, is something slightly different. Okay. Can I tell you what it is? Yes. It's called a Ski Teal We Drop. Uh, ski? All right, fine. Yeah. This may have been part of their winter collection or something. I don't know. Oh, there's right. probably... I mean, I've had this for goodness months now. Mm. Okay, so... You do you remember this guy? Oh yeah. Um. Mm, 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 mm. That's is it a concealer? Uh, nope. almost. Is it a primer? Is it an eyeshadow primer? Yes. This is the third time this has made an appearance on our show. I think. I think so. Yeah. yeah. This is a follow up. Okay. But anyway, yeah. So, uh, Too Faced Shadow Insurance, and I actually learned this tip from watching another YouTube video. This is something that I sort of intuitively had a hunch about, but I somehow didn't realize. But for whatever reason, Two-Face Shadow Insurance, it can be helpful to give it all a shake before using it. Oh. Because like, like a natural peanut butter or something, if you don't mm. do that, then sometimes those first few bits are more on the oily side and then at the end of the tube it's more on the dry side right or even just with a container of ketchup it might be watery if you don't prepare it first before squeezing yeah sure right. ketchup that works too yeah so now yeah, is that there's... particular to this 
uh, model and brand, or is that true of any kind as, of eyeshadow primer? As far as I know, it's particular to this this particular one, to Too Faced oh, Shadow Insurance, and right. I don't believe other eyeshadow primers are necessarily affected in that way. Though, I mean, if you were to shake them, it would probably be harmless, but yeah, I believe sure. this is kind of one specific one. Okie dokie. So that's, that's, that's that guy. And then I also have another fallout. Yay. Yeah, I know. So, plastic bags. Alrighty, zip top. Yeah, totally. So, of course, if you're painting your nails and maybe you chip one or two of them and you want to just repaint those alone, you can always just put the, the bag to close your, cover your hand up and then that way when you're removing polish, it doesn't ruin these ones. Right. Yeah. So, what I've discovered is that, of course, the, the acetone won't go through the bag mm. for a long time, but not forever. Oh, no. Okay. So, I've, I've used this bag for maybe six months or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Painting my nails every week. Sure. So, I'm guessing it's the acetone or what have you is very slowly dissolving the plastic. Okay. You've got holes in your nail polish condom? It, it won't actually make holes that are necessarily noticeable, and they weren't noticeable for me, but what I, how I noticed it was when I was removing some of the polish from one of my fingers, and then I took off the bag, I noticed that one of, the fi- one of my other fingers, it wasn't that the polish was taken off, but it was less shiny, because some of the top coat had just started to break down. Oh. So it was it, indeed it was a very minute amount of nail polish remover that got onto my my good hands, or but nonetheless, something yeah. to keep in mind. Okay, so maybe six months at the outset for the nail polish condom. Yeah, yeah, and it and it just to be safe. Right. Yeah, and it, and it did feel. I mean, I could sort of feel um, a coolness on that nail, or or it felt like you, like a sensation of getting wet a little bit. So. I don't know if that like was... Like a York peppermint patty. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> Are those the ones where they uh, use their coffee table to go skiing? Uh-huh. Do they still make those commercials? Mm, it's been a while, but you're about as old as I am, so I can make pop culture references that you get. They should make peanut butter peppermint patties for the alliteration alone. <laughs> well, awesome. Thanks for hanging out with us and uh, being detailed and whatnot. Yeah, totally. Yeah. We'll talk again soon. That sounds awesome, Jay. Good night. Bye. Yeah, yeah. I didn't want to make you feel uneven. Is that a Doctor Who reference? God, no. Okay. <laughs> Just being an idiot. <laughs> <laughs>